Welcome to this week's episode of The Fitness Solution. On today's episode, I bring you a guest from the other side of the world, from the underbelly of the earth. He's from Australia, uh, which is a place that is very dear to my heart, as I'm sure many of you are aware. And he is, his name is Shannon Billows. He's a fantastic fitness and fat loss coach uh, based out of Melbourne. And we just had a fantastic chat all about fat loss. He comes up with some real nuggets. He comes up with some real insights in how he gets his clients moving and how he gets them motivated towards your goals or their goals. And if there's one thing in here, like whenever I listen to these podcasts, not my ones, but other people's podcasts, normally there's like one or two things that just really reveal something to me and really talk to me in a different way. It's always nice to hear a different voice in terms of that. So hopefully you'll find a few of those over the next hour or so of this podcast. Just a quick one before we get into the interview with Shannon. If you're on iTunes, it would be fantastic if you could leave me a five-star review. Um, it really does help me bring the fitness solution to more people. And it also helps me get some fantastic guests on the podcast. We've already had some great ones and there's some great ones coming up like Jordan Syatt and Jason Maxwell, as well as Ben Goodman and plenty of others. So here's here's a review that I received, The Real Fitness Solution by Crazy underscore Knickknack. If you struggle with weight loss or in general keeping healthy, this is the podcast for you. Adam is full of wonderful tips and easy rules to stick with. He's literally full of beans and his energy is very contagious. Definitely worth a listen for a good guide with helpful and simple information five stars from me. Thank you very much, Nick, for leaving me that review. And if you do leave me a review, send me a screenshot of it on Instagram, and I will send you a link to book in a free half an hour virtual personal training session with me, where you can just ask me all the questions you want, or we can get a nice half hour's training session done. That would be my absolute pleasure. Right, that's it from me. Without further ado, let's get to Shannon. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fitness Solution. And on the other end of the line, I've got Australian-based personal trainer, Shannon Billows. You may have come across him on Instagram because his Instagram has just like massively blown up over the last sort of six months or so. And I share a lot of his posts as well because they're bloody awesome. Um, so hello to Shannon. Hello. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on. It's, um, we did an Instagram Live, didn't we? Probably last year now at some point uh and yeah probably a good six maybe six months ago yeah yeah, yeah. no it was good it was fun so i've wanted to get you onto this for a while but it's a case of me pulling my finger out a little bit and lockdown has helped with that um <laughs> that's cool. how's life in australia <clears throat> yeah it's, it's probably the same as everywhere else at the moment with the, the coronavirus yeah it's um it's fun and games isn't it it's fun yeah. and games um so I suppose the best thing to start with on most of these things to introduce yourself to the audience, tell us what you do, who you are, how you got into it, all the good stuff, and then we'll just take it from there. Sure. Um, so my name is Shannon Billows. Um, I've been a PT, more specifically a fat loss coach for probably just on 10 years now. So qualified as a fat loss coach. Um, I used to be overweight as a kid. So the whole reason I got into um, becoming a personal trainer is I used to be uh, I was 120 kilos when I was 15 years old and then through my own research and just learning, you know, as you do reading and, and trying, I lost 50 kilos. You could probably say the hard way doing everything myself. Um, and then I got to a point where I was just, 
you know, working in a call center, not really doing too much with my life. And then I got to the point, I, my now wife said to me, she's like, what are you going to do with your life? And she's like, you know, won't you get into personal training? You know, you've lost weight. You've helped, I helped my brother lose some weight. And if I could help him lose weight, I can help anyone lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. No, he's yeah. Um, I hope so, he does. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to him. Yeah, um, yeah. So from there, I did my certification and that was what, 10 years ago now. And I've probably been through every fad diet you can think of. Like I like to do things myself first before I recommend them to clients. Right. Even still to this day, if something new comes out, I'll still try it. Um, and yes, and I was, as we were saying just before off air, I'm a lazy trainer not in the fact that I just don't like doing anything, but I like to be fast, efficient and take the least, uh, the path of least resistance, if that makes sense. So if you hate cardio and you don't really like exercising, you probably like my methods. <laughs> that's, that's always good to know. Um, right. Well, there's two things there. I think we'll start with lazy training because I think it's great. I love it. Yep. Um, and I've never heard it before. So I think we need to go into that. So, you just strip it all down. I saw um, the other day on your Instagram, you put up a post saying, one of your clients said to you, Shannon, you know so much about fitness, you should write a book. And you're like, well, I would. It'd be one page of stick to your calories and the rest would be blank. So it'd be pointless. Yeah. Um, so is that, is that generally the way you go? Like, how do you strip it down? How do you make it as easy as possible? How do you make yep. it basically like the Formula One of fat loss? You can use Correct, that. Correct, yeah. So the way, and again, most of my, and I always speak, to my clients. So my clients are mostly women who are looking to lose weight, mm -hmm. um, anywhere from five to, you know, 50, hundred plus kilos, however much they need to lose. Uh, people who are busy don't have too much time. That's pretty much myself. Um, and I really, the way I see it is if you didn't have to do exercise, would you be doing it for just the, the sake and the fun of it? Would you do it? If I had the choice? No, I would not do it if I had the option. So what's the next best thing? we always go for the path of least resistance, which is basically the most important thing when it comes to fat loss, which is calories in calories out. And we know with all the current evidence that we have that the most effective way, or you must be in a calorie deficit to lose body fat. And that the path of least resistance, the easiest way to drop body fat is to stop eating. If you just stopped eating, you would just drop weight every single day until there was nothing left of you. So, we can't ask people to go and starve themselves, obviously, because it's not ethical. <laughs> so it's really annoying, we, but it's not ethical, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? So we give them enough calories to keep them satisfied, you know, meeting their micronutrients, getting their macros, getting a healthy amount of protein and fat. Um, and then we get them to create their own diet with their own lifestyle and their own food choices. I'm not, I'm not a really big fan of giving meal plans or anything like that. Um, number one, I'm not a registered dietitian. Um, and number two, if I gave someone a meal plan, it's always going to be biased to my meal preferences anyway. Yep. So I'd rather people, uh, I'd rather teach people how to fish as opposed to giving them a fish. Yep. So by that, not only are we guaranteeing them results, like this is your calories, you need to lose X amount of weight per week. You don't need to exercise at all. This would just purely from restricting your calories. This is what your results would be. Um, and then from that, you build in habits slowly. So getting in some activity, picking an exercise choice that's going to be more beneficial for you. I'm always biased. I recommend weight training. Um, number one, I'm biased because I enjoy weight training. And number two, you build muscle whilst burning some calories. Whereas 
people spend, you know, hours and hours on cardio machines and they just don't get anywhere just because they just quite don't seem to get the energy balance. They think that the amount of energy they expend is far more than the amount they consume. And yeah, we can go down that rabbit hole for, for hours. But um, yeah, calories, protein, exercise, and above all, always making sure you get enough sleep. And the, basically the pillars. So sleep, nutrition, training, and repeat. And just doing that for as long as you possibly can endure it and to get to your result. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, and there's so much great stuff and obviously psycho calories in calories out is great. Yeah. And I love the yeah. fact that it's called psycho. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, resistance training, I mean, it just improving your metabolism. I, the amount of people that I'm starting to see come, come into the gym, talk to me, send me messages, all talking about how their metabolism is screwed up, how they have metabolic mm. issues and stuff like that and everything else. And it's like, okay, but what, I always think what kind of, almost like what kind of car are you driving? If you're driving, um, you know, a HGV or an old banger or something like that, then it's going to have its problems. Whereas if you're driving like a Porsche or you're driving a high-end car, you know, lots of muscle on it and stuff like that, then, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be better. So what do we do? We service the old car, we improve it, we put new tires on it, we improve the engine, put new oil in it. And then slowly but surely, we'll make that a much more efficient engine to drive you forward. And it will yeah, be far better for your fuel consumption. Um, yep. And that's why, that's like the analogy I use for resistance training. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take, you know, a, a car that needs work and working on it to make it a better car for you. So it can last yep. you longer, drive you better, do a lot better. How do you yep. go about figuring out people's calories? What, what, do you have any like tricks, tips, hacks? Because the amount of people as well coming up to me like how do i figure out how many calories how many calories do i know you need to yeah. use and all the rest of and and when it comes down to figuring calories out i mean pretty much any basic calorie calculator is going to get you pretty close or a best guesstimation so mm -hmm. none of them are 100 percent accurate anyway i mean i like to think the one that i use so the one that i use uh, i share with everyone for free on my instagram profile i was gonna so say you went, have it on there don't you yeah. yeah yeah so if you went went and downloaded my calorie calculator that's on my profile that's the exact same calorie calculator i use for my clients or my high-end paying clients mm -hmm. um i don't need to necessarily charge for that because i could put numbers into a spreadsheet and say this is your calories give me 500 dollars. that's not what you know coaching and training is about um but any calculator is going to get you really really close and it's from there, you have to adjust up and down depending on how your results play out. Yeah. Now, the method I like to use with my clients, and this is probably something that I've just accumulated over time, um, we have a recommendation that pretty much, I wouldn't say for women, but for, for men, we want their waist to be half of their height. Okay, that gets you out of risk of your nasty stuff. So diabetes, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, and that's your, your waist circumference if you aren't if you're above that number um your waist above half of your height your you need to lose body fat that should be your main priority once you're there you're healthy so if you want to stay there cool my job's done you're a healthy classified as a lean healthy individual from there if you want to keep leaning down for aesthetic purposes go for it if you want glistening abs on the beach awesome if you if you want to get down to the point where your abs lean in a bodybuilding competition Perfect. Go for it. The only difference is between being healthy body fat and extremely abs lean is the calorie deficit just goes for so much longer. And obviously you want to maintain as much muscle as you possibly can. Um, and with women, the metrics that we use instead of, uh, so with guys, what I like to use is the belly button measurement or the, the lowest 
or the widest portion of their waist. And then for women, we use 47% of their height and we use their small waist. And the reason being is women's hips vary so much more in size compared to men's. So you can have two women of the same height and their, their hips can vary sometimes three inches, four inches, five inches, which throws the measurements or the, the, the index off. Um, so we use their small waist and it doesn't matter. I mean, this is basically um, takes away the confusion with the scale weight. And if I gain weight or lose weight, basically if your waist measurements come down, you are losing body fat. And the reason we sort of use the waist measurement as well is because for health purposes, we know that the visceral fat, the stuff that you store around the organs, the heart, the lungs, that's the real nasty stuff. Um, and don't get me wrong, too much fat is still too much fat. If you were 90% body fat and your waist was perfect, it's still too much body fat, it's still inflammatory. So we want to get your waist to that healthy point. Most people underneath everything are pretty much going to be almost identical. So we all have the same bone structure. We probably vary a couple of kilos in body mass in terms of muscle mass. Um, and then your you know, BMR, the amount of calories you burn on a given day is going to be highly tied in with how tall you are. And that's highly in correlation to your organ size. So organs, brain, lungs, that burns most of the calories in your body in a given day, um, probably a good 70%. The taller you are, the larger you are, the larger your organ size. So people who are six foot five, they just can eat like a horse. <laughs> I wish I was six off. foot five. I'm, like, I'm six foot four and I do eat like a horse. <laughs> and so I, tall- I am really thin. <laughs> yeah, and the taller you are, just the larger your organs are, the more metabolic processes need to happen to keep you alive. Um, and not to mention, usually the taller you are, the heavier you are. So you need mm-hmm. to move more weight from point A to point B compared to you know, Susan, who's five foot two, who works at a sedentary desk job and you know, barely gets 3,000 steps a day, just doesn't get to eat much food, especially yeah. when she's trying to lose weight. So yeah. it's all about finding out your calories, back to our point, finding out your calories, figuring out what calories you need to lose weight. Um, sometimes it might be really low, sometimes it might be really high, but whatever number it is, is the number that it is. And there's a saying I like to use my clients with my clients and that's don't be upset with the number that you need to lose weight because the number is whatever it needs to be. <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone on Instagram the other day and she was like, I've, I've done my BMR and it's come out at this. Is that yeah. good or bad? I'm like, yeah. it is what it is. There's no good or bad. Everything is only ever what it is. Like people it try is. and embellish it with emotion and and yeah. good, bad, healthy, not healthy, all these things. But yeah. it just, it, it's your number. That's, that's just yeah. life. Like, uh, yeah. g- get on with it. I mean, in yeah. fairness, when, interestingly, like, the larger clients who obviously have a higher BMR, who, um, who when we sit down and figure it out, I'll, their number will come out quite high. And I'll be like, that's, that's really quite high. That's, then they'll be like, I oh, know, it's great. Right, let's go. And yeah. they're like, they get like 2,100 calories or something. They're like, yeah. great, I can do that. I, I look at that and I'm like, that's my mate. That's calories. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the dieting calories. Uh, yeah. Sad. Um, how do you, you know, you said um, we, uh, the classification of whether you're healthy or not. Are you judging that yep. via body mass index? No, so not the body mass index. So the, I, I use the height to waist ratio. Right. Is that, is, I, I've never mass. seen that graph. Okay. And yeah. It's, it's, it's probably more something that I've accumulated over time of, you know, just doing okay. different programs myself, different experts that I've spoken to mentors and things like that. Um, it doesn't really matter to me at the end of the day, what people weigh at. It doesn't matter if you're 
six foot and your 80 kilos or your five foot and 80 kilos if your waist is within the healthy range mm-hmm. um 50 percent or below of your height in terms yep. of circumference then you're healthy like in terms of body fat percentage and then from there how much lean did you want to get do you want abs cool this is how much lower we need to keep going until you see abs that's basically close to 10 percent body fat at least for men anyway yeah um yep. women i think it's about an extra eight percent on top of yeah, the men's equivalent 15, between 15 to 20 isn't it yeah yeah something like that yeah yeah okay awesome um yeah I, you said something key sorry i'm just trying to read my very scribbly notes um you yeah, said something right. awesome in, the, in that section you said um like we then see how the results play out and have to amend from there a lot of people in my experience they'll get their their calorie number their bmr number whatever it might be however you mm. you get that figure and um and then they're like, okay, great. They'll do it. And they might not lose weight. And then they'll think they failed. And it's like, no, no, they, you need to, you, they, no one ever allows themselves the time for experimentation. No one ever allows themselves like, you know, that six week period where we've got to do it. You've got to nail it day in, day out. And mm-hmm. then we can review from there and move forward. Like they think the second they start doing it, it's going to work for them straight away <laughs> based on all these internet calculations and everything else. And it's, yep. I, I find that's a real pain. And then what can happen is they can restrict a lot more and it can get worse and worse. And then they're going to have a massive blowout at the end. Because when you, um, and I was going to say, you know, you, you figure out the calories, you get people to do it as fast and as, as quick and as, as, as um, sort of straightforward as possible. Do you yeah. ever experience that with people? Do they ever kind of get so far and then they just can't continue it anymore? What, what happens there? How do, you, how do you create longevity in your clients for yep. it to, um, to remain? So I definitely think it's important to create light at the end of the tunnel as well. So people mm-hmm. get into the mind frame when they start dieting, this is my life forever, which it's not. A diet is a band-aid and the faster you get it off, the better because you can then go back to resume somewhat normal life. It would never be as many calories as you were eating previously because that's what got you into trouble in the first place. But you will have a new maintenance that you will need to aim for once you've lost the weight that you want to lose. And this also comes and ties into the whole starvation mode myth um, and the metabolic adaption, which is now a bit more prevalent with people. They're a bit more aware of metabolic adaption mm-hmm. that it's, it's a good thing like your body should be adapting to the weight that you are so people think that when they eat really low calories for a long time that their metabolism is going to slow down to the point where they can no longer keep losing body fat what it really comes down to is accuracy of tracking by the six month of a diet so they get to the point where people just get lazy they just forget things they can't be bothered tracking anymore accurately and then they wonder why they're not losing weight that's all it really is um and anytime i've had clients who i've signed up for my coaching service and they've told me that this is the calories that they should be eating and they've signed up for my service and i've given them about i think a 10 calorie difference and the only difference was they stuck to the calories because they were now paying me for it (laughs) so there was nothing wrong there was nothing wrong with the metabolism it was just the fact that someone i believe like in terms of me and you like our our job is to help guide people and put them in the right direction i believe that when when people are paying for a service they're much more likely to stick to it because their hard-earned money is going to something and they're saying i'm purchasing this for myself and then usually more people most people will stick to the program not everyone does but hopefully you know most people do um and then it's just about personalization trying to get that person to stick to their calories you know as many different ways as we possibly can to cater to that person um but going back to your your light at the end of the tunnel story it's sort of 
if, if you set up the right expectations from the very start, then I think it's much easier for people to transition to maintenance calories at the end as well. So I like to personally follow a method, which is a reverse taper diet. I actually like to start people on the lowest amount of calories possible at the start. And then as they get leaner, we increase their calories more towards maintenance towards the end. Um, and this works two ways. Number one, you should be on the lowest amount of calories when you have the most amount of body fat to lose because your body is willing and able to give up that body fat. Uh, and number two, it teaches people how to eat at maintenance when they finish a diet. So the leaner you get, the less your body is willing to give up a certain amount of body fat. So, you know, if you're a hundred kilos overweight, your body will just churn through body fat and just keep giving up um, lipids, you know, as much as it possibly can. Once you start getting down to really lean levels and when I say really lean levels, I'm saying almost bodybuilding competition lean levels. So don't think of just the average person. Um, once you get down to that level, your, your fat availability isn't enough. So you actually need to increase your energy intake to create a smaller deficit, but you have to be so much more accurate with it. So instead of going from high calories and then we taper and taper down, we flip it the other way. So we start you on really low and then we taper your calories up towards the end of the diet. So when you do finish, you're like, oh, I'm only about 200 calories off maintenance. And you should know roughly what you should be. Uh, I mean, that's also a great idea because obviously when people first sign up for something when they first get started, they're going to have a lot more motivation for which to stick to it. So by maximizing that amount of time, is yep. that's a really, really good strategy. It's something I've never yep. thought of before. That's really, yep. really great. And um, yeah, so you, you, you mentioned you've done a hell of a lot of fad diets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what have you done? Uh, what, what haven't I done? So I've done keto. It was how all right. Was, how was keto? Uh, you definitely don't get very hungry on keto. Right, so okay. number one, enjoyment is not that great. I mean, there's only so much bacon and chicken and tuna you can really eat. <laughs> so you get to the point where you're like, oh, this is a bit too much. Um, but you just don't get as hungry on keto as well. Right. Um, I've done really low fat, high carb diets. Okay. I've done intermittent fasting, which is more of a, I mean, it's a tool, you know, having mm -hmm. fasting periods and things yeah. like that to it's strategize. One, yeah. yeah. Strategize your calories. Um, oh, you name it. I've probably done it. <laughs> oh, really? Um, did you Different get types of fasting? Did you get keto breath? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah it stinks. Yeah, like that sweet, was... sweet type oh. smell. Oh, yeah. not, not my cup of tea. Adam, yeah. have you done the carnival? Uh, no, I haven't got that extreme. Right, but okay. there was one, uh, a coach who I follow, um, his name is Borg Fagerly. Right. Okay. Uh, he's a Norwegian strength coach. Yeah. Really, really, really smart guy. Really smart. Um, and he was very much into the carnivore diet um, with one of the programs that I purchased. This is probably only going back six months ago. Um, and it just wasn't for me. Like the, tr the program was awesome, but the whole dieting just wasn't my thing. Yeah. And he had all the evidence to back it up to say, you know, this is what, you know, people should be doing now. And I was just kind of like, mm. I said, even if all the evidence mounts to this perfect diet, I'm just not going to stick to it. <laughs> and why, why do something that you just know you're not going to stick to? That's a very, very, very good point. Um, that's awesome. So what's like fitness like in Australia? Um, I would probably say it's very much like it is, I would say, in the UK and, and the States. Um, Australia is probably re a lot more fitness conscious, conscious now. I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. It's probably yeah. much more conscious now than it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and you get a 
a mix of everything. So, I mean, I work online and in a commercial gym. Um, you've got, we we're having a conversation just before. So we've got like F45s, a group training style, um, the whole bodybuilding scene, phys physique competitor scene, and you've got the strongman powerlifting, that sort of stuff. Um, I don't think it's not portrayed as much as a hardcore bodybuilding scene over in Australia as it might be say in America. You know, I, I'm not too sure what it's like in the UK. Um, but in terms of like nutrition awareness, it's probably still not quite there with Australia. We don't have nutrition labels on everything. So I went to America for my honeymoon. Didn't matter where you went. If you went to a fast food restaurant or a restaurant, it had calories on everything. Like just the burgers that they made in their, their shop or whatever that was, it would tell you the calories on everything. Whereas Australia doesn't quite have that. So you do have to do a little bit more digging. Um, but we're very much from my I say my perspective and what I have observed. Um, everyone's very much on the you know healthy eating, green juices, that kind of thing. You know, the normal fitness influencer type stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're just trying to bring it to light and just follow the evidence and Absolutely. calories in, calories Absolutely. out. Get your strength training. I, um, <laughs> when I was out there in in 2018, sorry, we need to repeat that: calories in, calories out, and get your strength training on. Um, yeah. When I was in Australia in 2018, I kind of I was quite surprised how, how like America it felt to me, how big, it, how big things felt, how like your supermarkets and stuff is. Everything in the UK is very small. Everything is okay. a, lot, a lot smaller. It's a lot like a bag of crisps over here isn't like huge. You know, it's, we can't get them, but they're like a yeah. treat fast. They're not just a normal bag of crisps and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, was, I was quite surprised at that, actually. I thought you'd be a bit more like we are in the UK rather than the US, where it is yeah. in abundance. Is yeah. um is obesity a big a big issue in in Australia? It is. I wouldn't say it's as much as say America, right. um, uh, but probably oh, you probably say. I mean, most of the population is clinically overweight. Like right. they their waist would be above half of their height. If that's for an example, um, but it's becoming again. It's just becoming people are becoming more aware and more health conscious over time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably just a matter of time. And if you, if you sort of look at the example of say smoking, we're getting to the point now where like the next generations are becoming to the, getting to the point where smoking is looked at as a dirty habit now. Yep. And it's, you know, it's taken how many years, you know, 30 years or so from people who used to smoke packs a day to the point now where you shouldn't be smoking or it's, you know, it's a bad unhealthy habit to smoke. And I think we're slowly getting to that point where, um, keeping your your weight too high is unhealthy for you and this one's probably and if we're going to talk about instagram posts and things like that talking about calorie restriction and eating in a calorie deficit or eating for a certain size is sometimes somewhat taboo on instagram because of people with eating disorders and things mm -hmm. like that so mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you come across that across that in your post but i've i've had it in my post because yeah. my my target demographic is people who are overweight, who need to lose weight for health and then for the side of vanity if they want to look good. Um, but you can't please everyone at the same time. So you're always going to get people who, um, you know, suffer from eating disorders or, you know, they're orthorexic or anorexic who will take every post that you do to heart and say that this is unhealthy. You shouldn't be promoting this. It should be promoted to the right person for the right reasons. 
that sort of makes sense. So I think as a whole, Australia is becoming more aware in terms of what a healthy body fat generally represents, what healthy daily movement represents, getting out, doing your 5,000, 10,000 steps a day. Um, and then hopefully with a mindset of don't do it to the extreme. Like you shouldn't be going crazy, crazy overboard. And I like to work in ranges. You know, here's your lower limit for your waist. Here's your upper limit for your waist. Here's a minimum steps. Here's a upper level of steps, you know, work within these targets and everything will be okay. <laughs> yeah. That's something I've started introducing my clients is like a calorie calorie window. Um, yes. So like I probably set them up on a BMR as their lower limit. And then yep. I take Jordan Syatt's version of, you know, body weight in pounds times by 12 yep, um, yep. as like their upper limit. And then that's it. And, and if you're falling within that window, you're doing just fine. You're going to be okay. Right. Cause then that gives you the flexibility of social events, birthday parties, holidays. It gives you, uh, and it's not like there's not a line in the sand where if you go above that line by one, you fail. And if you stay yes. below it by one, you've succeeded. And it just, yep. it just takes people out of that prison of, yeah. oh, I've got to hit this number. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to, to really embellish that and use that a lot more. Yeah. I'm finding it's very effective. Yeah. It's a, it's a perfectionist mindset. I suppose like having to be exactly on your macros or exactly on your steps. Um, and one thing I like to try and explain to my clients, if you do go over your calories, cool. You went over your calories. It's better to be over by a hundred than a thousand calories. Um, and the, the analogy that I was, cause you know, when people would tend to go over their food or if they have, you know, quote unquote, a bad food, then the rest of the day is just set up poorly and they just end up eating so much extra crap that they they wouldn't have anyway um it's the same concept as if you spend a hundred dollars on your credit card you don't then go and max out your credit card because you spent a hundred dollars on it you're like well no that's stupid <laughs> so you don't need to do the same thing with your food nutrition if you went over by a hundred dollars you just save a hundred dollars the next day and then your yeah. calories work on a weekly average as well so yeah, we so give cool. people the freedom to have you know social weekends budget your calories throughout the week so you can have slightly less calories you can have a bit more in the weekend life's not going to be miserable or as miserable on the diet this way so when you do go back to social events you'll have somewhat of an idea of what you can include into your calories by that point hopefully you're eating maintenance which will give you a whole lot more calories anyway we just don't want you to go above your calories for too long because that's when the fat gain happens especially over long periods of time yeah yeah um that's such a good point it's yeah i i mean i always say like you can you win the league by a point or you win the league by 20 points it doesn't matter you still won the league so if you stay under by one or if you stay under by 30 it doesn't matter you, you're still gonna win you just have to yep. do it consistently over such yeah. a long period of time and that's yep. just that's the real knob of it isn't it it's just yeah. keeping it going over that period of time so yep. um what would you say people struggle with most in terms of losing weight um struggling well it really depends on the person but yeah. i would say in terms of really getting people results just really like when when i explain to people or when i try to explain to people it, it's calories in calories out really just solidifying it is just calories it, that's all it is when it comes to fat loss and like yeah i understand i'm like yeah but all it is what, what is calories insulin? what about insulin uh, it's just <laughs> calories it's just calories it's just calories it's just calories that's all it is and the easiest way to control for your calories is what goes into your mouth and once people truly 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 understand it's the food that goes into their mouth that's when everyone has this aha, aha moment and i even had it myself when i first started doing it, it just 
clicks and you're like, ah, oh, I've been missing all of this for so many years or months or however long you've been doing it. Yep. Um, and whether it doesn't matter what diet you follow, it's still a matter of eating under your calories. So whether you eat six meals a day or paleo or keto or, you know, vegan, it doesn't matter if your goal is fat loss, which my clientele is, you just have to find a way for you to be able to eat under your maintenance calories or for a, at least a good deficit for long enough for you to get the results that you want. Whatever you do, doesn't bother me at all. I just happen to find that calorie counting and getting some steps in and doing some weight training is the fastest efficient way get it done don't have to worry about it again and if you ever gain the weight back you now know how yeah, to lose weight again if you need to yeah. yeah i i find um i find people need to they people don't relate exercise to calories enough so yes. in in people's heads they'll be like oh no no well i weight train therefore i can kind of eat what i want or yeah. they'll be like i weight train i don't have to worry about the food like it's not no, yeah. you weight train your weight training is about yeah. your equation for your calories Yes. That is the point. And we like, I genuinely not enough people are aware of that, that at yeah. all. And it's like your weight training is your investment for the future. It's like, it's like you taking 10,000 pounds or $10,000 and giving it to an investment banker for your retirement. It's, mm -hmm. it's like you're, you're going to accrue um, yield over time on that money. And that's yeah. what you do. That's why you go to the gym three times a week and lift heavy weights. If you don't do that, then you're you're cheating you know if you just put it in a savings account for instance you're not getting enough interest on it especially in yeah. the uk and um <laughs> and uh and therefore you're you know you're cheating yourself out of big optimal um gains and it all it all comes down to your retirement is basically your calorie equation and you've got yep. to drive towards it and and build yep. that yield over time that's what i yep. find um what kind of other things do you find your clients really struggle with like time to fit it all in is that a big one? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, my programs are pretty minimal with clients. So I, my recommendation is in terms of weight training anyway, is anywhere from two to four weight training sessions a week. That's all you need to do as a, as a minimum. Just if you just do that, I wouldn't even say as a minimum, but it's just a recommendation. Um, something that's just going to challenge your body, weight bearing training, squats, push-ups, lunges, overhead presses. It doesn't need to be fancy. If someone doesn't enjoy that, just do what you enjoy. As long as it's physically active and you enjoy it, you're much more likely to stick to it long-term, um, which is for me, I hate cardio. Like the most amount of cardio I would ever do is I'll get some Netflix, chuck it on the treadmill and I'll kill some time between clients. <laughs> but I mean, to give you an idea, like, I've, I mean, I've only been wearing my watch for half the day anyway, but I think I've done 1111 steps. There you go. Um, I, uh, I mean, granted it's what 7 PM, 8 PM in yeah. Melbourne. Where am I at? I'm at, and it's, what is it now? Um, 10 26 here in the UK. I'm on 631. <laughs> I'm doing well That's today. It. Yeah. Better go so, for a jog. I might be, you know, I might, might be close to maybe 4,000 if that, yeah. um, yeah. but even with cardio, the the thing I see is people will tr they'll go and bust their ass and they'll try and do a heap of cardio, but again, how long can you consistently keep up that level of cardio on top of your daily routine, your partner's stress life, your kid's stress life, the coronavirus at the moment is, is stressful as well. People have lost mm -hmm. their jobs. Um, you need to find a sustainable solution long term, and that solution and that solution will change depending on the circumstances at the time as well. So to give another example, I've had clients and myself 
who I would do fasting for a good sometimes three months, four months straight. And then all of a sudden it just doesn't suit me to do fasting anymore because my schedule's changed or something else has changed. Because that one thing has worked in the past doesn't necessarily mean that that one thing is right for you right now. Whatever allows you to get the fastest results with the least amount of resistance right now is the plan that you should be doing right now. So, and that may change again in two months or six months or five months, you know, you might, you might get fired, you might get a promotion. So your, your life stresses will change and then your dieting and training stresses have to change in accordance with your life stresses. Um, and people try and do too much at once. This is something that you see with new year's resolutions. So they come in, they are going to quit smoking, stop drinking, um, do extra hours at work and they're going to take up five days a week at the gym and it's it's too much too soon um and there's a really good book i'm not sure if you've read it um uh, atomic habits um by james clear yeah. really really good I, one I know about it, yeah. um and it's just about making really 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 small incremental changes over time and just by improving one percent every little bit it becomes a sustainable long-term habit that you build into your lifestyle um, and the reason I see, well, my personal experience, I see people who gain the weight back is number one, it's usually too strict during the diet phase. Um, number two, they don't really know what they're doing. So people usually crash their diet, crash diet their way down to a low body fat and then they stop and they're like, oh, what now? Or they follow some you know, shitty meal plan, which is chicken and broccoli five times a day. And then after they're finished, they're like, oh, well, I don't know what to do now or I've been so restrictive for so long that I'm going to you know, make up for lost time and catch up with friends and go out and party because I've got this new black dress and I want to wear it out because I look awesome. And then people slowly gain the weight back over and over again and the gym falls on the wayside. And yeah, it's, it's not a, a lifestyle. So pick the things you like and enjoy. Try different things, obviously, and, you know, see what you like and enjoy. And then whatever you filter through all the, the crap, once you find what you like and you're in a calorie deficit for the goal of fat loss, do that. <laughs> yeah. How you go about it doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just answer calorie deficit. It's like, come on it now. is. It is. I, um, I find with cardio as well, like it's hard to keep the time you need to dedicate to it up because yeah. like you can, you could probably get, you could probably get into the gym, do a half hour, 45 minute weight session. Maybe not even sweat a lot. Um, if you're, I mean, I don't, I barely sweat at all. Um, yep. but you know, you don't have to have it that high intensity. You don't have to do it that quickly. You don't have to get your heart rate that high for it to be efficient, effective, and useful. And yep. it might not be optimal, but it will still be useful. And then like, and then you can just walk out, you can just get on with your day, everything else it's done. It's ticked off for the day with the, with chasing the cardio down one, your body adapts to it quite quickly. So you have to keep increasing the time Two, your heart rate's going to be high. It's going to be all sweaty and horrible. Three, you pretty much have to very much get changed into your running gear or your, you know, your other cardio gear that you're going to wear for it. Um, and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, you could easily work out in a t-shirt and shorts and, and, and get out again and job done, you know, like it's, yeah. it, it's, it's all, what I find with people is there's lots of little bits of time that they never fully allocate to their exercise regimen. So if they're like, I only go to the gym for an hour, that's great, they'll spend an hour in the gym, but they're forgetting the 20 minute drive to the gym, they're forgetting the 20 minute shower after the gym, they're forgetting the 20 minute drive home. Then suddenly it's a two, two and a half hour experience each day. 
And then they're stressed. They get home. They, they then cheat on their calories because they're stressed because they've got to get their baby to sleep or they've got to get their children to school or whatever it might yep. be. And time just slips through their fingers and their sleep's affected and their work's affected. And it's just, you just have to be very real about the time you're going to spend in that building at that moment, at that time. And, yep. and I think that's one of the most effective things that people need to start putting into their, their plans for it. And that's the other thing. How, how would you say um, your clients are with, planning things are they are they diligent planners do you get them to plan stuff diligently or do you let them kind of just figure it out as they go or how does it work i i will give them a fair amount of free reign so i'll usually set some groundwork so basically the groundwork is how many days a week can you get into the gym and and this is provided i'm training a client either online one-to-one so i'm going to write your program how many days can you be in the gym or i would see a person in my gym so we basically say how many days can you get to the gym um, two days, three days, four days a week. Perfect. We'll lock that in two or three days a week. Should you happen to come in more, that is just a bonus. That's for fun. So let's say you want to add in some extra arms or a booty blaster workout that you found on YouTube. Awesome. Fun. Add it on top of the, the training program that we've got established. If you don't happen to get that in, no worries because you've already got the bare minimum requirements that we need to have you in the gym. Um, usually on average for most people, it's about two to three weight training sessions a week. And then on top of that, I will usually just structure the total calorie intake and have a recommendation for protein. So, and, and protein at the very start of it, someone who's new to training and dieting, it doesn't even bother me what their protein target really is just starting off. I would just rather someone just get their calories sorted and then people automatically start to justify their calories anyway. So mm-hmm. once people start tracking, you know, you get your MyFitnessPal out, you start scanning all your different barcodes, people will see that one apple is 100 calories or they'll have a small handful of Smith's packet of chips and that is 150 to 200 calories. And they have what I like to say is the, the holy shit calorie moment. They're like, holy shit, that's not worth my calories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they just, they start to justify what can I get, what can I get in terms of bang for my buck in terms of the calorie allowance. And I like to have people go through that themselves as opposed to me saying, no, you can't have this. You can have that. This is the best option. Um, because when people learn themselves, they kind of, they teach themselves. So when I've actually had people come to me and they're like, do you know how many calories is in avocado? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, there's a lot of calories in avocado. They're like, I'm never eating avocado ever again. I'm like, oh, hang on a second. I'm like, you're dieting. You're on diet. You're on, basically, you're on poverty calories at the moment. <laughs> when you get to go back to maintenance calories, let's talk about avocado. But just right now, avocado doesn't suit your calorie intake. It's not, Plus, it's like, not it's, the best choice for you. It's really hard to avoid avocado in Australia. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, like you any can't cafe walk you into go a to, restaurant. Arvo on toast, Arvo yeah. smash, Arvo dip. <clears throat> yeah, it's beautiful. I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know why it's so popular here, but avocado is pretty popular. It doesn't seem that popular anywhere else I've been either. Like I'm, I'm not overly well travelled, but nowhere in Europe yeah. is it is it as popular as it is in Australia. It's yeah. a huge thing, Arvo. Yeah. One, one um, other thing, the. Um, in Australia, everyone here is a real big coffee snob as well. Yeah, so oh, yeah. coffee, coffee, and especially me, like I love coffee. If you go anywhere else in the world, it just doesn't compare to Australia coffee or what we have currently at the moment. Um, and even in America, it's just filtered down. Yeah. Um, and it just America's doesn't compare. It's just not the same. So I, 
I um I remember when my fiance's brother came over and like obviously he just got off the plane, we was at the airport, we'd met him, and I was he was like, Oh, I could really do with a coffee. I was like, Okay, great. <laughs> and we have a chain here called Costa Coffee. Um yep. And I got him a, I think he was trying to, he, he called it a long black. I was like, what the hell is a long yeah. black? I don't know what that yeah. is. And uh, it just meant like an Americano. So yeah. I went and got him an Americano and he took one sip of it and nearly spat it out. He was like, yeah. okay, is this coffee in England? I was like, well, I like good coffee in England as well. And he was not a happy bunny. Nah. And uh, yeah. And then what I found amazing, he took me, when we was in Melbourne, he took me to his favorite coffee shop in Melbourne. I can't remember what it was called. I was just stunned by how like, it's, it was like an emporium of coffee. It was amazing. Yeah. And um, it took about 10 minutes to get my drink, which yep. you just couldn't do that in the UK. If it took 10 minutes to get a coffee in the UK, you'd have no business at all. Like yep. we just, we just work too quickly. We just move through life too fast. Yeah. It's actually really nice that you, I, I noticed a huge thing in Australia is life is a lot calmer. It's a lot, you have a lot more time on your hands. Um, it's just a slower pace of life, which is, yeah. glorious compared to yeah. london and southeast and europe and and places like that so um yeah i think i think we should all respect the fact that taking 10 minutes to get a coffee in your hand is worth yeah. it it's definitely yeah. worth it and it's it's a sort of a big thing here so you would literally go out for coffee and just have a coffee and you would go to the you know order it sit down have a talk they bring your coffee out five minutes later and you sit there and just talk over a coffee that and that is a a big thing in australia yeah yeah here it's always like you have to have the cake as well you have to it can't just be coffee it's always like three or four coffees it's normally hot yeah. chocolates like here companies plug hot chocolates and plug um kind of like hazelnut lattes and they, they like you can't just get uh, a yeah coffee. We, don't, we don't get a lot of that here no i know that's what i mean you're yeah. pure it's pure it's yeah not pure. Um, <laughs> it's over, over here it's like laden with sugar and it's it's yeah. It's not good. Right. Okay. So I suppose we better take up no more of your time. Um, I'll tell you what, if we just, if I was to say to you, what would be five things that you wish you knew when you started 10 years ago that you now know that you'd like to like implement and you've learned over the, the 10 year period you've been training people? Uh, so if I am sort of referring this to if I was to start again and what I wish I knew when I was restarting from scratch is number one, for fat loss calories is the most important thing forever and will always will be the most important thing um so figure out your calories and eat below them if you need to lose body fat um i would say sleep is massively massively underrated um and there's also been studies now that have been done which have compared groups of restricted sleep versus people who get enough and it showed that um uh, what was the study i can't remember the name off the top of my head but i can find it for you if you want mm-hmm. um but both groups were had lost weight but the guys who got six hours sleep lost muscle and the guys who slept eight hours gained muscle right. and the guys who slept six hours gained fat and the guys who slept more got lost fat so they literally lost the same amount of weight but what they lost was either muscle or fat depending on how many hours sleep they got that's amazing um and that's just your um uh i forget the terminology um uh nutrition partitioning i think it is okay basically what your body does with the food that goes in and what your body decides to use as a fuel source yeah 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, so you definitely, you'll still lose weight, but we, the weight that we want to lose is body fat and not muscle. So sleep is paramount minimum. And people will laugh at me when I say this, but minimum eight hours, if you're strength training more, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't get that. We have kids. We have one son. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and just getting that is not possible, but if you can do everything in your power to work your way to that point, you won't be the life of the party, but your hunger will be much better. Your, your sleep will be better. Obviously um, everything in life will improve with more sleep. I find that this, way. Yeah. Like you say, the, the biggest, the biggest um, thing I find with sleep is it will just help control your stress, which will then yep. help control your, your ability to stay on a diet. It will then yep. help your ability to stick to your calories the next day. It's like yep. sleep is your investment for the next day. It's not your yep. recovery from the day you've gone through. It's about you setting yourself up for the future in the best way yep. possible. Um, yep. If you look at sleep as a recovery for what's happened, then you're yep. always going to be playing catch up. Look at it as exactly. an investment for tomorrow. And it's, all, it's actually one of those things that the, the sleep you actually miss out on, you can actually, you can never actually make that sleep back. Once yeah. you've missed yeah. out on it, it's gone yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a sleep. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, we can, you know, you can try and get more sleep in, but it just won't amount to the amount of sleep that you get. Uh, there's a really good book again, recommendation. Uh, it's called why we sleep by, yeah. I think it's Matthew it. Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. It's uh, recommended that you listen to it at nighttime. And if you fall asleep, awesome. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a really good book. So if you want to find out more about sleep, highly recommend that one. My, um, my fiance, she is a paramedic and she's doing a master's degree at the moment. And she yep. is looking, she's doing her thesis on sleep in yeah. people who work shifts and people who yep. work 12 hour shifts, night shifts, how long it takes yep. to recover. And what she's finding is the, the craziness of sleep in terms of that is yep. crazy across the military, across other emergency services, all kinds of people, fire service, police, everything. Yep. And it's, and, and it has such a huge effect on your mental health, your physical health, yep. your ability to recover, to deal with stress, cortisol levels. It's crazy. I can't, I can't remember where I heard it, but I think that, um, overall they were looking at lack of sleep and shift work as i think it was something to do with a level two carcinogen and this is just right, something wow. i was reading possibly i think it was the world health um world who health organization. organization were looking into it to see because it's such a detriment to your health they're trying to put it up there in terms of you know smoking and really 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 unhealthy habits mm-hmm. um but calories sleep Getting in training doesn't have to be weight training, but just something that you enjoy that you can do long-term is what's going to keep you in the game the longest. Um, I would say food environment is massive. So having food readily available, that's easy access that supports your goal at the time. So if you surround yourself with crap food or you buy crap food, you know, quote unquote processed food, high calorie foods, at some point you will eat those foods. If you don't buy them, you can't eat them. And you can always rely on your own laziness to not go out and buy it at 12 o'clock at night when you're watching, I don't know, the Kardashians on TV. (laughs) Tiger King, exactly. So if you don't have it readily available, um, it's much harder and you can rely on your own laziness not to go and get it. Um, And then number five is getting consistent and being happy with the mundane of just day in, day out, doing the grind. And one thing I like to try and explain to my clients is if you just do the requirements daily, you don't have to worry about 
the goal. The goal will eventually just come to you by you just doing the steps daily. And you will literally, if you just put your head down and you just stick to it and just follow the calories, you know, as much as you possibly can within reason, you'll just put your head up in six months time and you'll be like, oh, I'm 30 kilos down <laughs> or 20 kilos down, however much you need to lose. Um, so yeah, definitely consistency and surrounding yourself with the right people and food does definitely go a long, long way. It does. It does indeed. Um, that's awesome, Shannon. It's been such a good episode. Um, God, we've been going for ages. That's great. I, there's just so <laughs> like, we just covered so much great stuff. That everyone's going to enjoy it without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so that's awesome. Look, I mean, tell people where they can get hold of you. I know we mentioned Instagram a few times. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And your Instagram is great. It was one of the things that inspired me to change my Instagram around. So, um, <laughs> so that's nice. So yeah, so plug yourself and, and let us know how we can get hold of you. Yeah, sure. If you have any questions, I'm always happy to help out. I mean, I always reply to any messages. Uh, Shannon Billows Fitness, um, Instagram, website. You can message me on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to, to get to. Um, usually Instagram is where I usually post daily most of the, most of my, my information. Um, but yeah, any of those I'm pretty easy to get in contact with. Good, good, good. How are you finding the uh, added following and like the, the, the added pressure of having a big Instagram? How's that? How are you finding that? Is it fun? Yeah, it's weird. Um, you go through a very weird stage. So for those who don't know me or who haven't, who don't follow my page, um, I probably went from about maybe 2,000, 3,000 followers. And over the course of a year, I'm almost up to about 1,600, yeah. 16,000. 16, so, and that's just sharing helpful information about weight loss and you know, diet strategies and things like that. And there was a very weird transition going from about 6,000 to 12, 13,000, where all these people just come out of nowhere and they were like, you're wrong. This is wrong. You're spreading misinformation. And I just, drop studies after studies and, yeah. and pub PubMed studies. I'm like, well, this is what the study said. And eventually everyone just gave up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, 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 I'm cool to have sides. a conversation with someone if they want to be, sit down and talk yeah. in a friendly way. But yeah. when people, I don't know, fit, the fitness industry is just one of those places where everyone's opinionated. Everyone's an expert. Even, you know, Susan at the, at the watering hole at work has more information on nutrition and training than, people who pay for degrees and courses in fitness and nutrition. Um, and I think because people are so emotionally attached to what their beliefs are, everyone else should be doing what they're doing. So um, just do you. <laughs> uh, it is, yeah. So I just, I just post what I know and, and I'm good at, and that's number one, helping people lose weight within a healthy, reasonable way. And that's pretty much what you'll find on my Instagram. It is indeed. And it's a great place to be. Right, Shannon, thank you so much for staying up late for me and for jumping on the fitness solution this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And uh, No worries, Adam. I hope, I'll hopefully come back on again one day. <laughs> absolutely. It'd be great. And um, yeah, I hope everyone stays safe in Australia. I hope you all look after yourselves. And, uh, and I hope kind of you get through this as quickly as possible. Yes, yeah, hopefully this uh, whole pandemic gets over sooner than later. And in the meantime, I'm just trying to enjoy these sleep-ins while I've got them. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> thanks, buddy. I'll catch you soon. No worries, you're welcome. I really, really, really hope you enjoyed listening to what Shannon had to say about fat loss, fitness, and of course, fun. I absolutely adore talking to Shannon. We've done a few things together, a couple of Instagram lives and things like that. And it was it always is an absolute joy. So thank you, Shannon, for your time. 
And please, guys, go and follow him. Learn as much as you can from him because he puts out such great quality content, which is always based in science. Um, I'd like to think that I wouldn't do anything else other than that uh, and bring those kinds of people to you. As I mentioned previously, if you have enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe. Please leave it a review. All of all of the little reviews and all of the little subscribe hits and all of the little shares of this podcast make it a lot easier to reach more people because of the algorithms and things like that that these internet companies use these days. I'm just a guy with his microphone trying to help people and your help to say thank you for my help would mean a hell of a lot to me. So have a lovely week. And next week, I'm bringing you a very special episode. Uh, All my episodes are very special, but I'm bringing you a very special one, which you might have already seen a clip of on Instagram uh, featuring Jordan Syatt. So make sure you click subscribe so you don't miss that episode. Right, that's it from me. Peace, love, and protein. High fives and positive vibes. Bye.